choice architecture would not would not be putting a handle a pull handle on a door that you need to push yeah all right how many times have we gone into a place and, and you watch 50 people come into the place and every one of them pulls on the handle and then they see the sign that says push <laughs> welcome again to it doesn't take a genius conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! I, I just realized I looked like Gilbert Gottfried as I made my pretend smile as we got started. I, I'd, I'd like to apologize for everybody watching this on YouTube. But, you, hey, Marshall, you, how you doing? Great to see you. Are you sorry that you, 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 you logged into this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> <laughs> my best Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, the... Uh, well, you know, and, and I'm just glad to be here. Uh, you know, I, I hear uh, you've been seeing other people. Uh, so <laughs> what's that all about? And and, and you know them. Yeah. And, and it's somebody I know, which makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, so, yeah, we're going to have to change the title of the show. Uh, you're going around interviewing geniuses. I, you know, I, that that is a really good point. We we could call it. It doesn't take a genius. Genius editions. You know, yeah. like have have a, a segment where we periodically do that. But we do know a lot of really smart people, don't we? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I loved uh, you know your conversation with Matthew. That was that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, thank you for that. We have one coming up with Herb Mast, uh, mm -hmm. who uh, wrote. Uh, oh shoot, I almost could have reached for the book to show you, but Intentional Leadership, phenomenal book uh, that uh, we want to. Uh, bring to the audience. So yeah, a lot of good stuff coming. Um, uh, a lot of cool classical tools that we're going to dip into uh, just to bring some stuff back that that uh, worked for ages and still works today. So a lot of good stuff coming. But you know, Mike, I have to tell you today is more of a rant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We are both passionate about today's topic. We, we are. and uh, And it all started because of uh, 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 a person close to me who uh, works for a corporation uh, had an incident. And uh, there is uh, some other folks I know who are in very similar situations. Um, so I'm going to sort of combine them all into one big lump here. And it, and it basically goes like this. And I bet the listeners will, uh, will have heard this before and maybe even experienced it. They work for company X. Company X becomes very excited about a change they're going to make. It's a, uh, you know, uh, a new service. It's a new website that their customers can access. It's a new feature on their products. It's something that is a big change and they are super excited about it, except anybody who's on the front lines and actually talks to customers. It turns out that the folks upstairs and in the skunk works might be pretty excited about it, uh, but it falls completely flat with the actual customer. And what, uh, what this uh, person close to me said was, look, we are too busy. People are too busy nowadays. Not everything can be a customer experience. <laughs> that was her that was her damning statement to me. Not everything can be a customer experience. And I sort of know what she means by that, but I, I, I wanted to talk about the the fact that 
there's definitely a dark side to CX if you're thinking of it that way. And and then we could talk about what good CX is, if, if that's cool with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's incredibly hysterical that, that you receive this correspondence by email, but when you say it out loud, you add the, the donation of, you know, <laughs> you know, disgust and frustration and oh. anxiety. Yeah. Okay, well. Not, not everything can be a customer I, experience. I appreciate you thinking I'm that good. No, I need to explain myself. So Mike received this uh, email from me at like well into the night on, I want to say maybe New Year's. It was like the day before New Year's Eve. Yes, December 30th. Yeah, I was I was visiting. I was I was literally at a dinner party. And that line was said that was uttered in my presence. And I was like, uh, y'all keep talking. Hold on a minute. And I banged out that email to you. Rant incoming. Hey, yeah, so, that's, so that's perfect. Where, that's how this came about. Right. But yeah, you, you it's such a great point, right? That that this person is equating the the all the extra stuff with this is a corporation's idea of what a customer experience should be. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And and so here's my this is my postmortem. Um, because I think uh the, the, the particular situation, and I, like I said, I think we all know about 10 situations like this. It's, it's already kind of fallen apart. Um, but this is what I think happened, right? Bef before we got to the customer experiencing it and saying, this is awful. Um, SiriusXM did a, did a similar one. I, I was just uh, listening to uh, a pretty uh, influential podcaster talking about it, saying they went to an app. It's ridiculous it is useless compared to what you used to get you know they limit the stations and everything's hidden uh but um in in this particular instance i think this is how it went down and i think this often happens i think the designers of said experience whatever the change is you know product or service i think the designers of the experience were very uh very up on it because they thought it was cool all right. They, they thought it was cool. Now, fill in cool, whatever you think that is. Like, this is the most cutting edge thing we could have done. Or, man, we got really turned on to uh, this one influential person, this one influential book, this this movement. And we want to be a part of that. And so we've we've added that to our business uh, or changed our product or service to to fit that that need. Or we see this coming uh, group of customers. It's going to be so cool to be able to to grab that customer base. So there were some designer folks who thought it was cool. I think in a lot of instances, the exec the executives in charge of that then in turn say, hey, we could make more revenue here. This would be an increase in revenue. So it's not that it's cool, it's that it's profitable. In some instances, to, to go a step further, I think what they're thinking is like, for, for instance, let's take um, let's take a uh, interface, right? A, a, a interface, pick a product, right? Uh, pick a car, uh, pick a phone, uh, pick a uh, appliance in your house. If we could get everything on the same interface, think how much money we'd save. We just have that one interface to make, to design, to support. So we're cutting costs and getting profitable with this new experience. It's part of Apple's problem right now, by the way, as I speak into my microphone, Apple keeps wanting to make their computers to be like their iPhones. And their watches, they're, they're trying to make it all the same ecosystem and they don't do the same thing. So it doesn't work right now. 
that's Apple's problem. That's a, a good public example of this. But I think we have a lot of folks that are making the decisions. You know, you notice what I said there, right? Cool and money, mm -hmm. right? Cool and money. Those are lousy reasons to change your customer experience. They, they don't work long term. Oh, yeah. Well, it always seems to be an add-on. It always seems to be an addition. Yeah. Right, we're going to add some stuff to it. And, and so there's a, you know, there's a few companies out there that have figured out that, that, that less is more. That's right. That, that if I can make your customer experience frictionless, seamless, easy, intuitive, man, people love that. And they yeah. will continue to do business with you. Uh, probably the the best example of that that I can think of is is Amazon's buy it now button. Yes, I'm looking at this beautiful object in my computer. Do I need to put it into the cart? Go to the cart and then check out. Nay, nay, nay. Don't have to. <laughs> Just push this button. You own it. Keep shopping. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know they they seem to be doing fairly well in the uh, customer experience realm. So uh, well, and and if, you know, if we could just throw in Apple, the, you know, traditional Apple, if I if I can say it that way, you know, the the tagline was "It just works." Mm -hmm. Remember what a revolution that was at the time. Like, um, I, I understand that this doesn't have all the programs that a Windows machine has, and maybe sometimes the hardware isn't as fast and as powerful. But uh, man, every time I turn it on, I just immediately start doing what I need it to do. And it just works. Oh, and yeah. That, was, that got them to market. Well, the, the fact that, you know, when, when I bought an Apple computer, it did not come with a manual. Right. And it didn't need one. Right. Everything that you thought it should do when you clicked on it did that thing. It just did it. it right. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was perfect. Exactly. And, you know, when I'm when I'm filling out a form or, or, or doing interacting with a company's website or even in person, I've always got this voice in my head going, has anybody that works for this company done this? <laughs> has anybody just sat down and tried to sign up for their services or tried to create an appointment or whatever the thing is? Right. And you, I know they have it. I know that, yeah, somebody designed it, somebody marketed it, somebody launched it, but nobody went, let's just watch, let's give it to brand new people and sit there and watch them. Right. And, and right. see all the things that are completely intuitive to us because we built it have zero meaning to somebody who's never seen it before and is filling it out for the very first time. Well, and we've talked about it on this podcast, but IDEO, the famous uh, design firm, industrial design firm, you know, they've designed everything that you can think of. You've used their products, I guarantee it. They they designed the Apple mouse at one point, mm -hmm. um, toothbrushes, you know, sneakers, all sorts of things. You and I took a class uh, from uh, IDEO uh, principals online, and that was the big thing was human-centered design. It starts with the research. You do that first. You go yeah. see what it's like to use the service or product in the wild, you know, how people go about, uh, you know, uh, doing whatever business you're trying to design a product or service around. That's where you start. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you look at, uh, you know, another classic example would be Uber versus taxis. Mm -hmm. So every time you get out, of, you know, you, you land at an airport, the, the taxi stand is, is generally much closer, much more accessible than the Uber area. The yep. Uber area is someplace another county away yes. in a less desirable part of the airport. 
Yes. And yet I will hike to the Uber area because <laughs> I know the experience in the with the Uber is going to be so simple and so seamless that I, I'll, I'll take the extra steps to get there to, to avail myself of it. You, you know what you're going to pay before you get there. You know, yes. All sorts of things. Yeah. Yes. I know that, that the, there won't be a language barrier uh, yeah. explaining to the taxi person where I'm going. When I pull up to where I'm supposed to go, if I'm in a taxi, I can no longer just get out and go. I have to figure out, you know, you take a credit card. No, we only take cash. Well, I don't make change, yeah. you know? And so now we've got this big hassle paying. Meanwhile, there's my destination right outside the window and I can't go to it. And so, so yeah, with Uber, you pull up, you say, thanks, you get out, you walk away, it's done. So a lot of these Beautiful. examples you sent me um, in your reply email that came very shortly after my original email, and you, you've hit on several of them already. Uh, you had pointed out, you know, we're talking about it's simpler, mm -hmm. uh, simpler to use. It's, it's quicker. Right. Um, and I, I guess you could say uh, something we should probably talk about is uh, seamless. So you uh, you gave the example of uh, a really good dealership website makes it to where you can start there if you want to. And whenever you're ready to pick it up in the store or not, it's available for you. It's sort of this omni channel approach where it doesn't matter where you enter or leave. We'll we'll make it to where you can uh, interact with us the way you want and pick it up in person if and when you're ready. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some stores now that you're, you're online, you're on the dealership website, you're, you're, you're looking at the car, you maybe appraised your potential trade-in vehicle. Maybe you even looked at some financing options and then you get stuck and you're like, ah, oh, I need to go talk to a live human being. And so you pull it to the dealership. The last thing you want is, all right, well, let's sit down. Let me ask you some questions. What's your name? How do you spell that? You know, <laughs> right. But we have stores now where you walk in, you tell them your name and they go, where you on, you know, where you're on our website. Yes. And they log in and they go, okay, I see you got this far. Yep. That's fantastic. What questions, uh, what, what questions did you have at this point? Well, I wasn't sure what they meant by whatever. Perfect. I can answer that for you. And so it literally just it went from online to in-person and there was no hiccups, no re repetitive yeah. steps. I didn't have to redo anything. So uh, if you can imagine this, I was uh, thinking last night that I was going to be buying a dishwasher. And so we were on the Lowe's website and the sale ends tonight. Oh boy, we better pull this trigger. In fine print underneath the button, it says, if you want it installed, you have to call this 800 number before you buy. Well, guess who didn't buy a dishwasher last night? I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. No, no the reason I'm on your website is because I don't want to talk to you or it's right. after hours or this yep. is the most convenient time. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, you add this complexity step. Yeah, not happening. Not happening. So, and, and it really blends into another of the things you brought up, which is being effortless, uh, you know, like an Uber, right? It, you know, it's, it's an effortless experience in a lot of ways compared to some of the effort you had to go through with a, with a taxi cab. You also gave an example, and I, I had not realized that this was uh, not kind of a universal thing, but two-factor authentication, authentication of, uh, you know, uh, getting into a website after you give your password 
you know, they text you a code that you then put into the system to make sure it's really you. Um, this really frustrates you um, because you have to go to a phone and see the text message with the number and then put it into your system, correct? Oh, yeah. And how many times does the code not show up or there's mm -hmm. a delay in it showing up? So I'm all excited about spending my money with you. And then, yeah, yeah now the, the code or worse yet, when I have to use the authenticator app. Yeah. So now I've got, I think I've got like yeah, five yeah. different authenticator apps. So now, and they're all named the same thing, like authenticate, <laughs> authenticator, authenticator, you know, I have no idea which one is which. So now yeah. I'm trying to figure out, okay, which one of these? And so then I got to open up a separate app, get the number off of that, put it back into the website. I'm, yeah, I just, there's many times I just give up. Yeah, I, like, I, I, like, I just quit. Years ago, I worked for Bell South, uh, now AT&T, and I had a, a what, are, what were they called, a token? Um, it was this little, you know, device that would generate the number that I was supposed to put in. And man, like the first week, I was like, yep, I've got a token, kind of riding the wave of the future. And then after about week two, it's like, oh, I've got this stupid token. But so Apple has solved that problem. I will give them credit here. I think, I think a, a lot of things are broken for them right now, but uh, they have made it to where, you know, my text messages can come to my computer as well as my phone. I do appreciate that. So if the text message comes to my computer, the web browser Safari is smart enough to say, oh, I see that you have that there. Would you like me to stick it in? So I actually just press the enter button as soon as I hear a text ding and I'm authenticated. Um, so that was smart. You know, that that's a seamless experience and, and made it effortless. Um, mm -hmm. but again, you know, there, there are, uh, that, that's, that I, I still, I don't know how I'm going to say this, Mike, and I'm, I guess, uh, I guess I'm just going to prepare you now. We don't have to talk about it yet, but there are some things that they do that are good, but I still don't like them at first because I have to learn something. I have to change how I do things. I lose some speed in the short term to gain on the long term. And so we, we're going to have to talk about the learning curve aspect, that some things are worth going through the learning curve. But let's finish, let's finish talking about all the things that make CX good, uh, because you brought up one other one. I think this is the last one we haven't talked about yet. Looking at my list here. Uh, you brought up choice uh, architecture. Let's oh, talk yeah. about choice architecture. Yeah, I've been, I've been just insanely fascinated by the concept of, and it goes by different names. The one I know it by is choice architecture. Mm -hmm. uh, the simplest example of this is, is choice architecture would not, would not be putting a handle, a pull handle on a door that you need to push. Yeah. All right. How many times have we gone into a place and, and you watch 50 people come into the place and every one of them pulls on the handle and then they see the sign that says push. <laughs> right. Right. Or they walk away thinking it's it's closed. <laughs> right. Right. It's supposed <laughs> right. to be closed. Doors don't open. So so with choice architecture, the theory is that everywhere you go that there's a sign that is a symptom of poor design. Mm -hmm. If somebody had to put up a sign to tell you how to do something that's being done repeatedly over and over and over again, then that thing, right, that layout, that building, that experience is now, we know that it's been designed poorly. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at like, like Disney, 
So when you first walk into the Disney parks, right there in the entrance are strollers, uh, batteries, right? All the things you would need that maybe you forgot or, or would need to begin your Disney experience. Yeah. And then on the way out, the you know, when you leave, there's there's places to drop off your strollers. Yeah, you don't have to take them to a special place. It's literally as you exit the building. Uh, yeah. There's the, those last few gifts, things like that. So the thought is, I don't have to look for something when I when I know that I need it. It's magically right in front of me. And, and I guarantee you, that's human centered design, right? They studied mm-hmm. their uh, patrons and saw what were the kind of things that they were doing or needing or experiencing. And they said, oh, how could we adapt to what's already here? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm familiar with wayfinding, which was you know used sort of in an architectural sense, uh, but then a lot of people were using it on websites and saying, you know, how can we do wayfinding on websites? And, and the basic gist is, I can't remember all four steps, but it, it's like, um, I've got to orient myself to where I'm at, figure out, you know, where am I? And then I've got to say, okay, let me plan my route. And then I start walking or whatever it is. And then I check in, am I on the right path? Am I on the right path? And then eventually I'm like, oh, I got there. You know, that's, that's sort of the, the gist. Like everybody does that when they're trying to find their way, whether it's on a website or it's in a physical space. And there are all sorts of things you can do. And, you know, to your point, signage is, you know, nice, but there are some visual cues that you can give the environment, right? Like, where does the path go? Is it, is it, uh, you know, is there a landmark that you can see? I'm approaching the landmark. That's where I'm headed. Uh, could I, could I make barriers or dead ends so that it's very clear where I need to keep walking? Do, do I make it clear that I've arrived at the location because the color changes or something like that? Um, maps, sure, right? But frankly, the fewest choices that you make the better it is, right? We're all too busy to sit around going, okay, now what am I doing here? So we're having to figure out ways to just simplify the choices. So I like the term choice architecture. That makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah. 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 I had a dealership uh, years ago. And when you walked into the service area, the service advisors were sitting, you know, at these little podiums kind of high up, you know, stands, but there was also the parts counter, which was exactly like it sounds, right? There was a counter, and on the other side was the parts person. Everybody walked past the podiums and went up to the <laughs> counter. And the parts guy would have to say, no, your service advisors are over there, right? And they put up big signs saying, I am not a service advisor. Right? <laughs> I'm the parts guy. Go leave me alone. And we were talking about it, and they were talking about how dumb the customers were. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no. How many places, like how how have we been trained? Everywhere you go, when you walk in, you walk up to the counter. <laughs> in the in the fast food place, it, it, you know, wherever you go to get services, you walk up to the counter. So when people yep. see a counter, they think that's where the services are being, you know, you know, distributed. That's right. They're like, oh yeah, we never thought of that, right? So we, yeah, we figured out how to make the service advisors' podiums look more like counters, and disguise the the parts counter. So, so people were doing exactly what we trained them to do, but the building was designed in the wrong fashion for that kind of thinking. Yeah, you're like these people aren't stupid. We we've actually trained them. If you see a counter, you walk up to it and you ring the bell and you ask for service. 
that's all they're doing. Yep. And you've built a building that, that, that confuses them, right? You've, you've created a, a customer experience and a layout uh, that confuses them and antagonize the heck out of the guy behind the counter who spent the whole day telling right. people this is not, you're not in the right place. And if it's that traditional shotgun dealership design from the, oh, I don't know, 40s, uh, you know, you're you're basically talking about something that was designed for the business, not so much for the customer, to be really fair. And and at one point that was fine, right? That worked, but we're a little too busy now. We're we're so busy that making these kinds of choices and and uh having to stop and think about it, we're, we're not traditionally doing that. I'm not stopping to read a sign. I just yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, and and we travel a lot, and I, and I'm always the new guy. Mm -hmm. I'm always walking into the restaurant, and I'm the guy that all the regulars are griping about because I'm trying to figure out: Do you order at the counter and sit down? Do you seat yourself? Does somebody mm -hmm. seat you? Uh, which direction does this flow? Do you order here and pick up there? I don't know. So yeah. if if it's designed properly. All the cues will tell me yep. how it works. If it's not, then I'm the guy blocking the doorway and all the regulars are going, what are these idiots standing in the doorway for? <laughs> you know, it's because yeah. right. this place hasn't told me how to do business with them. Yep. That's I, don't, I don't know. You know, I, I don't want to be that person, but nobody's helping me not be that person. All right. So, so let's, th this is a, you know, the, the, the summary for me is that don't, uh, change your CX and your UX, don't change your customer experience, your user experience based on a profit motive. Don't do it based on a coolness factor. Don't do it based on following a trend. Do it based on centered around your actual users and customers. What do they want? What do they need? How do they already use it? How can you enhance what they're experiencing right now? And you you gave a ton of examples, you know, make it seamless, make it simple, make it quick. Um, Sometimes I do need a change, right? Because you have figured out something that's better for me as a business. You would like me to have a better CX. And I don't want to. Mike, I don't want to. I uh, I don't want to learn this thing. Um, I don't have time today to go through the new version of your website or for you to give me a tour of how you sell cars now. Or I, I just I don't I don't want to do this. I really don't. So you've got to get me through the learning curve. Mm -hmm. I've, I've thought of some things as we've been talking that, you know, can sort of soften the blow, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the the I'm going to throw it to you. But the big one for me is maybe as much as possible, don't require me to learn something new. If, if it can follow some of the things that I already know how to do and interact with your store, your, your business, your service, um, you can make it to where... Um, it, it it's intuitive to me because I do know about how to walk up to a window, right? I, I do know some things about, you know, this is where you go at this business to get the service and, and you've, you've added something new there. Um, so as, as much as possible, I don't have to learn something new. Um, so that's the first thing that comes to mind, but um, other ideas. Well, I think it's, it's one of those things where you just have to periodically you know, experience what the customer experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've done this in, 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 you know, with the dealerships we work for, where we required the service manager to go sit in their own service waiting area for yeah. a half an hour and do nothing. Uh huh. 
And they come back and they go, that place is depressing. <laughs> the news is telling me all this bad stuff. Our magazines are out of date. Did you know the chairs wobble? <laughs> you're like, yes, we know all these things because our customers have been telling us. So, so yeah, right. yeah, find a way to go experience the, the whatever it is you're providing. Sign up for your own website. Um, I believe it was the book uh, Upstream talked about right there, there was a big meeting a executive meeting they this app uh, this company developed an app develop uh, a, a software that would develop applic apps so you, you know oh, their software yeah, it was would, windows yeah yeah they they would develop or it microsoft and so, yeah and so they they got the execs and they're like nobody's using it nobody's buying it and so the 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 person in charge says all right you guys just log on to our, our own website and use our app builder to build an app yeah well, half the guys in the room couldn't even log in. The login right. was so arduous. They couldn't, they couldn't even log into their own website. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah. Within seconds, they all figured out that, okay, we've got a lot of, you know, a lot of work to do uh, to make this user friendly. Yeah. And so, but just, you know, experience what your people are experiencing. Yeah. But, I, I think that's great. And, you know, um, that's, you know, that's human centered design, obviously. Um, it was their, yeah, it was Microsoft's, uh, I can't remember if it's pronounced Azure, Azure, but it's their, yeah, it's their, it's their software environment. But, um, you know, there are also things you can do to sort of give me warnings, you know, sort of preview some changes that are coming. Um, and then there's onboarding that you can do uh, with some gamification, which we've talked about many times in the past where you can sort of you know, help me set it up to where it's it's going to be a little more seamless. But yeah, that yeah, I guess that's you know you're you're saying sort of the flip side of the coin. I don't want you to require me to learn anything new, but if you were watching what I'm doing, you'd be tailoring what you're adding to what I'm already doing. So mm -hmm. so there would be a, a, a it it would be a seamless change to this new process and if you see that okay this this part of the change is is necessary then yeah. you could add support at that step right you know here's a here's a little button you click on that that explains this piece of the new 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 process or, yeah. or if it's an in-person thing right i got some people standing by uh ready to help me through that that piece of it right. uh you know, delta did that when they introduced the the kiosks uh, you know, instead of going up to the, the ticket agent, right, they wanted you to go to a kiosk. Well, in the beginning, they had a gate agent by each kiosk. Yep, that's how to do it. <laughs> yeah, they're waving you over like, hey, have you tried this yet? And you're like, I don't want, I just want to talk to a person. I don't want to talk to a machine. Yep. They come over and they're like, oh, this is really simple, right? Just here, I'll walk you through it. And then they walked you through it and you went, oh, I like this. Yeah. But yeah. They, they provided the additional support at the point of the change. Instead of a man who pointed you toward the kiosks and said, no, no, you can't go talk to the agents there for other things. You, you have to go here now. Yeah. Yeah. You want or, me to scream? Or just not have agents. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. nothing. You, you look down the road and nobody's, nobody's there to talk to. And it's just these machines. And you're like, well, I guess I have to do this now. <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, they, they, they pointed you in a direction just by, you know, understaffing your, your former system. Well, I want to add one more thing to this whole conversation, and that is that I I really do get that businesses need to make money. Uh, I just want to remind everybody, profit is the result of the excellence. 
-hmm. All the good stuff you do results in profit. Profit is not the goal. The goal is trying to be excellent for our customers. So if you go down this path of human-centered design and making a, a, a user experience, a customer experience about the user, doing your research, trying to do things that make things better for the customer, guess what? The profit comes. You will get the profit that you're looking for. So I just I wanted to say that as some encouragement for anybody who's, you know, wrestling with us. Every business has to make changes. Every business has to do um, enhancements to their experience. And if you do it from a, a human-centered perspective, you're going to win. It's, it's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm reminded of the saying, and I originally thought it was from an Apple exec, but I think I've learned that it actually came from Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, who <laughs> oh, said, a little older. Okay. Yeah, a little earlier. Uh, and he said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication yeah and so so yeah if i can think it through and eliminate the extra steps and the the missteps and, and i can simplify it then that means i have thought it through fully yeah. it, you know it's it's the old adage if if you want me to to speak for two hours i'm ready now if you want me to speak for 10 minutes i'm going to need two weeks to prepare that's exactly right. And so, yeah, if I, if I really think this through, I can make it simple, user-friendly, um, and that would be the ultimate sophistication of a process or an experience. I love it. I love it. I think this is a great place to stop and uh, deal with, frankly, the most seamless experience you and I have ever had. Uh, basically, we asked, and he delivered, and he delivered uh, with uh, biting sarcasm which we appreciated and knew was coming and hoped would be the the actual result. So I'm ready to talk to our voiceover artist. Oh, yeah. Mr. Wolf, who seamlessly uh, makes fun of us every chance he gets. Every chance. <laughs> and that, I guess, is that. It doesn't take a genius. No rights reserved, nothing trademarked, copyrighted, or even original. Feel free to give it to anyone anytime using any and all media formats. Warning, Mark and Mike may or may not make another one. I'm your announcer, and I did not get paid a nickel to do this. They won't even let me tell you my name. So until next time, if there is a next time, stay safe, be well. That's good enough.